Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Economic Street Podcast. My name is Olauli with your co-host, Nicholas. And today we're joined by a very special guest uh, known to us, uh, James. Welcome back. Uh, welcome to the show. So James actually did work experience with us a couple of years ago, and he's currently up in Liverpool doing his uh, degree in economics. Is it straight economics you're studying? Yeah, just economics by itself. Economics. How's that going? Um, yeah, it's going well. It's going well. It's not too bad. Obviously, uh, Corona's messing everything up a little bit, but uh, we're all good. Nice, nice, nice. So the reason for the show, guys, is we wanted to kind of find out from, like, get the student perspective on what it's been like navigating the pandemic from a financial perspective. And what better way to do that than to speak to a current student going through it. And because you happen to be based in Liverpool, you guys kind of, um, you've had the brunt of it as well so you guys actually went through things before the rest of the country like tier three lockdown and stuff like that so this is going to be very interesting so guys grab your tea grab your coffee grab whatever and uh yeah join us so to begin with um clearly you've been back at uni this year you you chose to stay in accommodation rather than stay at home right yeah well i went so I had a house sorted. So I've been up in the, I've been up staying with my friends in uni as opposed to staying at home. But I know, I know a few people that either went back late or just decided to stay at home just because, well, why not? It saves you money. Definitely. So what what has that been like? What's been the major change compared with your first year? Well, I'd say major change, obviously, living with other people. That's natural. But I guess with Corona as well, it's sort of this work timetable that everyone has at once. If 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 you're all doing work at the same time and you can't do it in your room and trying to find some space in the house to do work and the library's yet to book so it's been a bit more a bit more hectic in that regard where you don't have your own sort of space compared to first year Fair enough. and but, um, uh, so yeah. you you kind of already alluded to it but some people chose to stay at home to save money what has that been like for you yeah. being back uh financially uh, well, for me, obviously the rent's actually cheaper in the second year. So in that regard, it's it's probably better off in any way. It would be better off. But I know some people have stayed just to completely stay at home. I don't know if they cancelled their housing contracts or they're still paying them. But uh, I think people have just sort of said, thought, I don't want to risk it going to like staying at uni, having all this sort of social interaction. So they're sort of staying at home. Um, I know a few people that just cancel their contracts completely in their houses so they've saved themselves off at four grand five grand in the in the what for the year nice. so you mentioned there that um you've kind of you had some friends that have as i stayed at home save money that way you yourself you went back to uni in a house share with a few of your other friends but in general how has it been managing your finances while you've been at, at uni when i think about this time at this point last year when I'm going into that sort of half term this time compared to last year I'm not actually in my overdraft for once which was like a big difference I think that you could see um but I think that is especially due to sort of like the lockdown period when we we're all at home for six months not spending it at all you, you sort of have these summer months where you thought you might have to get a job because the second student loan went or third student loan wouldn't last you that long but it turns yeah. out because I wasn't out spending or anything i was just in home for six months that that's actually lasted a lot longer so I think that's why <laughs> that's so that's helped out a lot yeah so you kind of answered my second question actually about saying in terms of 
have you saved due to not going out uh, like nightlife and stuff like you would usually do at uni yeah. but I guess yeah. you answered that you've managed to save yeah. quite a bit and not tap into that overdraft which is handy <laughs> very hard to do yeah. as well <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so like compared to last year when I was probably going out once, once, once or twice a week minimum sort of spending 30 quid on each of those nights compared to this year I think I'm a lot more mindful of where that spending is coming from it's sort of a lot. It's, I say that was more regular, whereas now it's a lot more mis- like disjointed. Because when you go out with all these rules of getting a meal and stuff like that, you're going out once a week. You're going out not as regularly, but you also spend it maybe more because you have to buy food with whatever you get, and you're not going out for as long until four a.m. or whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing of that life. <laughs> <laughs> so. On the flip side, whilst you're saving money in terms of like not going out and stuff like that being in, have you found that certain other type of expenses that you had before have gone up? Yeah, I'd say sort of trying to keep yourself busy. Sort of like, and I've definitely spent more on entertainment this year, sort of like streaming services, stuff like that. So whereas last year, you know, if like a football game's on, you might go out to the pub. Like now, so we're crammed inside for the month, got nowhere to go. So we start spending on like Sky. Uh, you know, we've got like a joint Netflix, joint Amazon Prime, all this. So I think sort of like trying to keep entertainments a bit harder. And also I'd probably say I'm spending more on food this year. No, less on food this year. Because <laughs> obviously living with people that you know, you just share more stuff. So it sort of balances out in a sort of, in a weird kind of way. Nice. So overall then, have you had have you had a chance to with being in lockdown at university? Have you, has it given you an opportunity to review your finances as a whole and that kind of takes stock in terms of what you're spending, where you're spending, where's it going? Or has it just been by luck because, as you said, you're not going anywhere? I think some of it's happened. By luck, I, think, I think some of it's been by luck, but I think some of it is sort of, you can tell where the spending is going to come from. And it is a lot of sort of just, I won't, I'll be on like a certain amount like in like a 30 quid bracket so of money for like a week. And then suddenly that would drop down like by like quite a chunk because it's just like sort of building up these like big events where you're going out on like a big a big day out or something like that compared to before that regular spending. So I think there's more note of that, but also because it's not so regular, it also yeah. is less at the same time. Okay. So you kind of so you've kind of lucked into saving money yeah. essentially. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not purposeful at all. <laughs> Now, the big one I've been itching to ask is, obviously, you, you, you chose to carry on with uni. How do you feel about paying nine grand for online lessons? <laughs> for <an entire>? <laughs> <laughs> because for me, I, me and Nick were the first year where the, the government introduced 3K tuition, and we were upset. But 9K is a different <laughs> <laughs> for to, to be taking distance, basically be doing distance a distance course at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to get your thoughts. Oh, what, have, what have you have you felt? Well, I think me and probably every other student in the country is just not, not really happy at all. I know that in Liverpool, there's been sort of um, some sort of small protest going on about it within the, the uni itself. I don't think anyone's really happy paying 9K, I think. They sort of, they say they have this standard of teaching that they bring into you, but the lectures are always all pre-recorded from four months ago. 
it's they're not they're not live lectures <laughs> it's like well you think about it the timetabling surely would allow for live lectures normally yeah. i don't get why they can't do live lectures now and it's just 9k <laughs> and even from wow. half of last year so 4.5k plus the 9k this year who knows about next year um i don't think anyone's really that happy so you mentioned about so lectures are not actually live so how do you inter obviously so yeah how do that for example when we got at uni because it's a live lecture you can ask questions during the lecture yeah. so basically you have to then yeah. i'm assuming email your lecturer separate email yeah or so i only have i only have four hours where i'm actually in either a zoom call or a microsoft teams with the lecturer going over questions so you can ask them then but it's not the same as you might have a question right then and there about the lecture stuff yeah. you have to email them wait and then you like you have this sort of like disjoint and you're learning where you you think i could have just done this all in two hours and instead you're spending a whole week going over one lecture to understand it. Wow. Especially with the hard material in year two as well. Uh, I think yeah, some, of, some of like the practical stuff, like the coding stuff I did last year, when you had when you had someone there during like when you're sat around, you have someone there to ask questions to this year, you have to send them an email. It's it's just a lot harder to sort of get a grasp on what's going on. Yeah, definitely. I'd find that quite difficult there because well, for when I did turn up to lectures anyway. In terms of the interactions with your lecturer, in terms of and even building that kind of rapport with them. Um so in terms of the differences, have you money aside, in terms of yes, because then you kind of upset we're still paying the nine ground. Yeah. The actual uni experience, I guess you're a little bit lucky in the sense that this is your second year. So you've kind yeah. of made friends, et cetera. So you're, you're house sharing with yeah. other people that you've made friends with. But I suppose if you was like a first year student, that uni experience would be completely different because say, yes, you go to get an education and learn more and develop, but it's also yeah. kind of a, a life experience being at uni. So yeah. I'm assuming that your uni experiences this, this year's kind of been ruined due to the COVID pandemic. Yeah, I think if I was first year, I would definitely be more upset than I, I am currently, I think, because I've made those friends from first year. I got quite lucky. But if you are a fresher going to uni and this is your first year or next year is your first year, I think you would I think you'd a lot more considered doing either a percentage apprenticeship, taking a year out or something like that. Because, I mean, they're, they're on the rise anyway, but I think this would definitely change people's minds. They, I think people are more aware now as well of the, the fact that teaching has gone down in standards. They can claim it does in all they want, but I think... Each and, every student, each and every student knows that it has. So I think, especially for those first years, it's completely different, yeah. No, definitely. If they're telling you you're not even getting a live lecture, how can they say that teaching standards are the same? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, I mean, you're halfway through your second year now. Yeah. Looking back in hindsight, would you have deferred this year? Or do you think um, you would have still have stuck with your decision to carry on? I think if I was going into my first year, I would have deferred for sure. But I think going to the second year or even if I was going to the third year, I would have just taken the online on the chin, really. Just to like, it's just for the, the fact that I've got friends there. I've got that sort of like social network that I can sort of branch out into. But I definitely think that if I was in first year, I'd be deferring. Like a, but I think they were sort of encouraging people not to by uh, even lowering like the grade like threshold boundaries for you to get into unis so 
I think they're just trying to get people in. I think people are seeing more that uni is now, it's a business. They want your money so they can fund whatever they want to do, essentially. <laughs> no, definitely. But did, <laughs> <laughs> did, did finance, or, may, or maybe even with some of your friends, did finance play a part in not deferring? I.e., if you were to defer that year, what do you do in the meantime? Because yeah. then otherwise you, you don't get that student loan. Yeah. If you haven't got a job, how do you support yourself? If you haven't got if you're not lucky enough to have the support from your parents, how do you support yourself in yeah. that year that you deferred? So did finance pay any part for yourself or for any of your friends? Well for me personally it didn't, but one of my good friends I live with, he's uh he took a year out, so he's an old year older than uh or year older than me. But what because he what he did is he sat down, he saw the amount of money he had, he knew how much rent he'd have to pay if he wanted to live here in Liverpool. He knew how much that would cost, how much student loan he's going to get. So instead of going to jump straight into it, he took a year out and worked all year. That's, I think he got quite lucky because it was his dad's company. So he had that job secured at the time, but he did take a year out just to work, to get up enough funds so he could get through that sort of like first year. And then he knew from then on he'd be, he'd be all right. Okay, so he kind of used... He did actually pre-prepare yeah. to, to himself, but as you said, he was lucky enough to have yeah. a dad that could secure him a job to get this. And not everyone's that lucky to during this time have. But no, that's yeah. that's that's a fair point. At least he managed to take stock yeah. and took advantage of being able to have a job from his parents to yeah. then build up funds for them when touch wood everything gets back to normal, he can then finish his course. I think it's a, especially. I think it's more. When you when you first sign to go to uni, I think it's that I think what first gets you is that rent because the first year rent is always going to be the most expensive if you live in an accommodation. So I think that's what really plays on people's minds because some people, uh, myself included, got can get quite lucky where their parents are willing to pay for them. But I think there's a lot of people out there that that is probably the biggest cost of uni. It's about what six k a year, I think six seven k a year, just for just for accommodation. So I think that's like probably the biggest factor whether people will, would defer and I think that's what affects the people's decisions. That's fair. That makes sense. So kind of looking forward then um, towards, I don't know, your third year, have they kind of so far given you guys any indications as to when things will return to normal um, or not? Well, the first, the first thing that they did was, so I haven't had a single face-to-face lecture this year so the first so I meant to have them in October they got cancelled because Liverpool was so bad with COVID they said we'll come back in November we'll have a look at it then then lockdown happened <laughs> and now we're here so they already they said at the start of the year that the January exams would be online and um, which they are but I have no idea about the rest of the year I've no idea about next year they sort of, I think that's the sort of I think that's sort of what annoys people as well they don't know when things are going to go back but get back on track. But I don't think anyone does about anything, but I think we sort of, we don't know what's going to happen. And the thing is, they change the exams now as well. So they're actually harder exams. It's just that they are open book. So I think they're sort of trying to compensate in that way, but they're not compensating with additional <laughs> teaching, additional help, anything like that. Oh, my days. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to lie. I'm just doing the maths in my head. I'm saying, like, no, you know, no face-to-face lectures. Few, few, few office hours, uh, well, or no office hours, just emails. 
And then on top of that, you've got harder exams. So um, yeah. don't forget, don't forget the rent. <sighs> you still got to pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, based on that, then if things were to stay like this, let's assume that things um, stay like this in 2021. For your third year, would you then make um, other decisions? Like, would you now choose instead to live at home rather than? I don't. Thing? I think I enjoy the social side of the university far too much to just stay at home. Like, you sound like my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way I see it is. The, the social life comes first, the degree comes second. So <laughs> I think um, I think I, I, I don't think it would change my mind at all if it was all, all online. That's it, really. Well, I guess another point which is key, I guess what people don't also realise, I guess, as you said, you are one of the lucky ones in terms of your parents can help you with certain things. But also even with the 9K tuition fee, yes, it's a lot, but in essence, it's more the money you get from the government to pay for going to university. It in itself is more of a tax rather than a loan per se, like in the US system. Because once you do finish after your third year and you graduate, you have to earn over that certain threshold before you start paying that loan back. So essentially, and it's also not on your credit rate uh, record. So unlike a normal bank loan per se, it's not on your credit record. So I guess, it's a, it's a, you, know, you only pay it when you get to that threshold. Obviously, you're, everyone wants to earn that money, so you hope one day you get to the threshold to start paying it back. But in terms of worrying about the finances, I guess that might be one reason why people are not so worried because it's not it's not hitting my pocket now. It's more of a tax rather than a loan. Yeah. Yeah, they don't get to think about it. Right. Is that what you're saying, Nick? Yeah, so essentially, yes. Yeah. So like in the US system, when you're your uni tuition fees are actually corporate loans or from banks or wherever. So when they when you finish, regardless or not, if you graduated or not, they want to come get their money from you. <laughs> Where with the government, with the UK system, it's only through the tax system that they can um, get the money back. And it's only if you, you reach that threshold as well. So yeah, university loans are more, I'd say they're more of a tax rather than a loan. So although students may panic, oh, I'm paying this nine grand. It's not something that will impact you in terms of getting a house or getting a credit card or anything like that, because it's not, it doesn't impact your credit record per se. It's just something that the government will collect back through the tax system. For me, I guess that's another reason why. No, go ahead. No, for me, what, I mean, my... <laughs> so, <laughs> Be, being an accountant and being an economist. Really, <laughs> so for me, if it was me, I would have chosen to live. I think I would have chosen to live at home. I would have taken the money for maintenance and I would have invested it because the interest on, on student loan is a lot less than the interest I'll make in the stock market. So that's how I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that's all that fair. money. <laughs> what is that? Is that you speaking as an accountant and economist now? Which I know you was quite money conscious when we were at uni, but would you have thought about that back then, if that makes sense? I did. <laughs> I'm just trying to fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. That's yeah, a top tip, guys. If you are looking to go to uni, you want to defer it. Right, that's no, but on a serious note, that's quite smart. Because yeah, if you if you're lucky enough where you can still live at home, 
why not you can take that money and instead of spending it on frivolous stuff if you can invest it so you're making yourself money as you said the interest that you the interest that's on the, the loan that's paid back through the tax system as well it's so it's weird it's a loan so it does incur interest but you only pay it back through the tax system but yeah the interest alone is less than what you could do if you make that by investing so no that's on a serious note that's quite a, a smart tip any tips from you, James, for, for other students out there um, in terms of just navigating the finances um, during this pandemic? I think during this pandemic, I think you've got to be a bit wary of anything can change at any time. Like when we saw back in March, it was sort of like this big rush for students, especially to get back home. So I was, I think everyone was really worried at the time just because they didn't know what was going on. It's a sort of mass like panic. And there's always panic buys. I think if you just keep your wits about you, you should be all right. I think I think probably budgeting now is probably slightly slightly easier. You have more time in your hands, you have more less things to do. I think it's probably easier as a student now to sort of keep your money, keep your loan and don't just spend it all at once. No, it's good about parts about that. Is there anything that you do say budgeting? So do you like is it just old fashioned pen and paper or are you Excel person, or is there any apps? What? How do you go about with your budgeting and well, most putting things away? Yeah, well, the most things that I've I say I budget for food probably more than anything. So every week I make I make sure that I spend twenty quid, like twenty quid or less on food. If I'm spending more, then I have to cut back elsewhere. But you know, sometimes you can just treat yourself to something when you get shopping. But most <laughs> of the time, it's just it's just um, I say I wouldn't say I really budget too much with much else it's just if I see that I've got I'd say I probably look to spend in the 13 weeks I think it's 13 or 14 weeks your loans meant to last for and so when I had it this time I think I had about enough for roughly 100 quid a week so if I saw that I was five weeks and I spent 300 quid I'd be okay I've got 200 quid here I'll go treat myself with something nice that makes sense makes sense nice cool well, on that note, we want to say thank you for coming on. Um, this has been actually very, <laughs> it's been insightful. Um, so guys, uh, thank you for tuning in as well. I hope you found that useful. Share it with your family that you have, if you have family at uni and they are just, you know, trying to make sense of what's going on. This can be a great resource for them. So don't forget to subscribe to the channel, follow us on social media, handles are all the same, Economic Street. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can always get in touch with us and we'll be more than happy to cover any topic that you have in mind. So until then, take care of yourself. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the new year.